0: get your sweaters and coats out, ladies and gentlemen. You better have enough firewood if you have a wood-burning fireplace because we are regressing. We are going backwards. Once again, OPEC. OPEC has said they are going to cut production by two million barrels despite the fact that Biden went over there groveling, begging the Arabs for oil, They said no. He's now pushed Saudi Arabia close to Putin and Russia. Meanwhile, energy independence in the United States was killed. And quickly, within four months of Biden taking office and his party, as I speak, the bureaucracy is and has moved full steam ahead crippling and sabotaging our fossil fuel industries and our ability to drill, refine and deliver fuel to you. The reliance on electricity is ideological and insane. Since we don't have enough electricity to do everything they say will be done since our electrical grids are not as stable as they need to be and not as Big as they need to be. And since electricity is created by other fuels. In the first place. But prices are going up and they're going to go up faster now. Prices are going up and they're going to go up faster. And by the way, as a footnote to the Putinoids who say, why would Russia damage their own pipelines? Because I'll tell you what's been going on behind the scenes. It's easy to figure out. Russia has worked with OPEC. OPEC's going to cut production by 2 million barrels. Russia is going to say, of course, that it cannot increase the flow of oil to Eastern and Western Europe, that is, to the Western countries. It'll continue to truck and train its fuel out, particularly to China, which will serve as an intermediary for Russia. And sell the oil, so Russia will continue to make a fortune. But what Russia has done, and will do, is massively increase the price of gasoline and oil, which of course will help Russia. It'll punish Europe, and it'll punish America. Because we are suicidal. We have more unused fossil fuel than any nation on the face of the earth. And we have more obstacles to getting to it than ever before. Ever before. Now, here's part of the problem. We'll get into some specifics in a little while because this is seriously going to damage, seriously going to damage your lifestyle, your pocketbook, particularly people on fixed incomes, pensions, and the like. What's going to happen now is uh, the shortages are going to take place. Biden will look for others to blame. He will blame the oil companies, of course. The real problem we have now is this. Ideologically, the Democrat Party purposely put this in place. This is a man-made disaster. Which will cost people their livelihoods, cost people their jobs, and cost the economy enormously. And it was man-made. It was ideologically driven by the Democrat Party exclusively. Exclusively. By the so-called climate change activists, that is Marxists. The degrowth movement. This is exactly what they've been wanting. Exactly what they've been wanting. They got it. But politically, it's a disaster. So they got the policies they wanted. They instituted the policies they wanted. They have control of Congress. They have control of the White House. They control the bureaucracy. They got exactly what they wanted. And they're not taking their foot off their gas pedal, so to speak. They just passed hundreds of billions of dollars to subsidize their utopian paradise and to destroy reality. That's exactly what's taken place. But their problem is it is a disaster politically. So they've had this huge ideological success, which is a disaster politically, because the American people reject this. The American people oppose this. And the effects on inflation and the effects on food production, food availability, the price of food, everything, starting with fertilizer, is disastrous. The situation is going to get incredibly grave. Biden has unleashed a war on America's energy production and is promoting and proselytizing And ideology. They have massively supported EVs or electrical vehicles because the market can't support it. The radical left and these corporatists together are using these ESG policies to prevent banks, financial institutions, and of course, oil industry companies and those related to them from expanding. from putting the kind of research and develop that's necessary to provide you with what you need. So there's war on the investors. There is a, a subsidy for electrical vehicles. And, of course, we can't refine the fuels because you can't get a refinery up in the last 45 years. And refineries are being ordered through regulation to move from refining... Fossil fuels to creating biofuels. There are biofuel mandates. Which are also really not ready for use on a wide scale. They've also taken millions and millions of federal acres off the market for drilling of any kind. They've taken state acres off drilling of any kind, through the back door, through regulation, making it prohibitive. They took Anwar offline. They took New Mexico offline. They took offshore areas offline. They took pipelines offline. Obviously, the Keystone XL pipeline is the most infamous, but there's many pipelines that they've stopped. And they have appointed radicals at the EPA, at the Interior Department and elsewhere, the Energy Department, Marxist radicals who at every turn, in the shadows, without your knowledge, without your knowing, and the media, of course, is not interested, are using every tool available to the bureaucracy, every bit of red tape that exists to prevent production, development, and research. That's exactly what this administration is doing. The Securities and Exchange Commission has been unleashed illegally. It has no statutory authority. Through an executive order, these ESG rules requiring firms to disclose so-called climate-related risks. So firms are required as a matter of federal regulation. To obtain independent validation for their adherence to a radical left Democrat Party Marxist agenda. That's what they've done. So now you have accountants and lawyers and lobbyists and so forth and so on. We're making a fortune. Fortune. Harassing and suing companies. A fortune distracting them completely out of control it's completely out of control and then they lie but I want you to think about what they're doing and what they're saying and how it is absolutely vile and the propaganda that they use they blame Putin You know I have no corner on Putin. I think he's a monster. But they blame Putin. They blame the entire world market. They blame the oil companies. They blame the gas station owners. If they could, they would blame the gas station attendants and the truckers. But it is they who've set policy through centralized edicts. Executive orders, regulations, nothing that's gone through the hands of Congress and the representatives of the people. Nothing. Zero. And they are choking the golden goose. They are killing the golden goose that lays the golden egg. Killing it. Even the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, it's half full now. 48 hours ago, the Biden administration said they were done tapping it. Today, in response to OPEC saying it's actually going to slash 2 million barrels a day, they're going to tap into it again, ladies and gentlemen. They can tap into it. There's about 400, 440, I think, million barrels left in that strategic reserve. It can take almost 800 barrels, 800 million barrels. It'll take no time at all to cut through the rest that's in there. Joe Biden doesn't build things, he destroys things. That's what the left does. They don't build things, they destroy things. They're going to destroy the automobile industry too, which all but General Motors of the big three are all focused on electric vehicles all focused on electric vehicles, regardless of what the market wants. It doesn't matter what the market wants. All in the name of environmental justice, economic equity, and other communist-like phrases that mean absolutely nothing but controlling the private sector and destroying capital investment. That's what's going on here. From the degrowth movement, the growth of big government movement, that's what's going on here. Let me read you something. We propose the following. Transformation of power relations and decision-making for the construction and anti-patriarchal people's power. Transformation of food production systems into agro-ecological systems thus ensuring food sovereignty and security, valuing knowledge, innovations, ancestral and traditional practices. Transformation of energy production systems, eradicating dirty energies, respecting the right of the peoples to fight poverty and keep fair transition as a guiding principle. Transformation of energy consumption patterns through education, regulations to large energy consumers and empowerment of the people over community-scaled systems. Implementation of participative government of territory and city planning systems, thus ensuring fair and sustainable access to land. Shifting from an energy and materials profligate system to a cyclical system that emphasizes the eradication and unsustainable exploitation of nature and promotes reduction, reutilization, and recycling of residues. Creation of accessible Mechanisms for the protection of the displaced people and defenders of environment. This is from 2014. This is from a meeting of the so-called international environmentalists, a.k.a. Marxists in Europe. This is what their declaration states. And this is what the Biden administration is doing. The politics of this is a disaster, but this is exactly what they want to do. This is all man-made. It's all made by the Democrat Party. It's on them, one hundred percent. I'll be right back.
1: Love in.
0: Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today. At Levin for Hillsdale dot com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale dot com. Nobody voted for this. Even during the campaign, Joe Biden was fairly obtuse, as he always is, discussing it. I'm not trying to eliminate... Drilling and fracking in western Pennsylvania, and then, of course, out of the other side of his mouth, he says he is. The great Tom Saul once wrote about Vladimir Lenin, he said he represented one of the purest examples of a man who operated on the basis of a vision and its categories, which superseded the world of flesh and blood human beings or the realities within which they lived out their own lives. Only tactically and strategically did the nature of the world beyond the vision matter as means to the end of fulfilling that vision. Lenin's preoccupation with visions was demonstrated not only by his failure to enter the world of the working class in whose name he spoke, but also his failure to ever enter foot in Soviet Central Asia, a vast area larger than Western Europe, and one in which the doctrinaire and devastating schemes of Lenin and his successor would be imposed by force. He said visions are inescapable because the limits of our own direct knowledge are inescapable, and that's exactly what's going on here. They sell you a vision, but the reality is impoverishment and pain and destruction. Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillstock College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's levin, L-E-V-I-N, for hillsdale.com.
1: Mark Levin, tough as hell.
0: That's why I like Mark Levin, and I'm not sure a lot of people
1: like him. He's tough as hell, but I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811.
0: You know, I would say we need a Manhattan project to get our country back to energy independence, but instead I think we need a November project. You have got to vote against every single Democrat on the ballot. I'm not a Republican Party apparatchik. I'm not a special pleader for the Republican Party, but there's two parties right now. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Even if you don't support the Republican or the Republican Party, you need to oppose the Democrat. They walk in lockstep and they are destroying America. They are literally destroying America. And we are the only ones who can stop them. You and me. About a third of the country is asleep. Another third hates it. And then a third of it is patriotic, and that's you and me. It's that simple. You're either going to vote for America or against America. You're either a patriot or you're not a patriot. I'm tired of all the static and the mumbo-jumbo. It's that simple. And our strategy has to be, and I'm quite serious at this point, despite all the October surprises that are coming and have come, despite all the manipulation by the corrupt media, despite all the efforts by big tech oligarchs, stay focused. The Republicans literally, I cannot stand I will be voting for every one of them. We'll sort it out later. We'll put pressure on them later. And you've never heard me speak like this before, ever. Ever. The Democrats must be taken down or they're going to take us down. From our classrooms to our border. Inflation, the price of fuel, the availability of food. One issue after another. You're watching the unfolding and the implementation of American Marxism. That's what it is. Whether it's energy, whether it's gender, whether it's race, whether it's capitalism, it doesn't matter. They're at war with all of it. People say to me often, Mark, What's in it for the Democrats to see increasing crime? Well, think about it. Where isn't crime increasing? What are the policies that the Democrats are putting in place? Why can't they put in the policies that a DeSantis does or other law and order public officials? Why do they do the opposite? Because they want to take the country down. And even... Even Karl Marx said, for a period of time, there will be despotism. For a period of time, even Karl Marx said, we must destroy the relationship of parents to children so the state can make the determinations about how to raise children. Why do you hear Democrats saying parents don't have rights in the classroom? Why do you hear Democrats saying that we will teach the kids what we think they need to know? Sexualizing them. Perverse, I will repeat, perverse viewpoints. Perverse viewpoints. Critical race theory and racism, it's constant. It's unabiding. Tear it all down, that's what's going on. The one thing that gets stronger, the one thing that survives, is the government. And for all intents and purposes, who runs the government? Even when Republicans are elected, who runs the bureaucracy? You notice there aren't a whole ton of leaks coming out under an Obama or a Biden. It's endless under a Trump or a Reagan. Oh, we got, we got whistleblowers who have to be paraded. Not them physically, not their names, but their silhouettes. Ticker tape parades. Whatever they say goes because they're trying to take out a Republican. Look at the Biden crime family. (coughs) Great show by Tucker last night. Look at the Biden crime family. We all know all about it. He's a crook. He's corrupt. The whole damn family is. And worse than the mob, look how unpatriotic this family is. Taking money from communist Chinese front companies? From communist individuals in Russia? From the former regime, corrupt regime in Ukraine? They don't make an honest buck. They never have. That's who's running the White House. And he picks Kamala Harris to run with him not just because of diversity reasons, but because he knows she's an idiot. That she won't be able to challenge him. She won't be able to threaten him. The Manhattan Project, that's our November Project. This isn't going to stop. The rounding up of American citizens. To put them on public display. Whether it's a Manafort or a Stone. Whether it's a lawyer for Donald Trump. Whether it's a pastor. Somebody who supports the pro-life movement. It's not going to stop. The refusal to enforce the law. When Supreme Court justices, and not just any Supreme Court justices, the originalists on the court are threatened, refuse to enforce federal law, threatening parents, monitoring American citizens through the back door. How the hell did the federal government get 13 of my emails? I never got a subpoena. I was never given notice. And there's absolutely nothing in those emails that are worthwhile to anything. Zero. What else did they look at? I'm going to get to the bottom of that, damn it! I am telling you now. You stick with me. You stick with me. I'm going to find out who every one of these G.D. staffers are on that damn committee. Every one of those Congress asses on that damn committee. Every damn one of them. I'm not going to be intimidated. Life's too damn short to be intimidated. Even now, the RNC's brought a litigation against Google because Google is censoring hundreds of thousands of RNC communications in the lead up to this election. Hundreds of thousands. As Zuckerberg poured hundreds of millions effectively into the Democrat campaign through the back door like he's some clever individual in 2020. Now we have a Supreme Court justice who I opposed. I told you she's going to be the most radical justice in American history on the first day. During oral argument, she demonstrated that she is. She also demonstrated that she's an ideologue and I'll say, and an idiot. That's right, I said it. An idiot. Ketanji Brown Jackson. Which is why she's celebrated on the left. She is an idiot. She's lecturing the Solicitor General from Alabama about the 14th Amendment. And what she's basically saying is what the 14th Amendment compels is discrimination. Because it was born from discrimination. It was born to end discrimination. Therefore, it can be used to advance discrimination. She lies about the history Of the 14th Amendment and its author? This was about slavery. Slavery. Not even about race. It was about slavery. And about ensuring that slaves, former slaves, would be treated like human beings that they would have the right to vote and other rights that other human beings in America receive. It wasn't about racial equity. It wasn't about economic socialism. It wasn't about cultural Marxism. It wasn't about discriminating government discriminating against one race on behalf of another race and yet there she is sounding utterly like an ignoramus like an ignoramus there i said it with her incoherent tirade at the solicitor solicitor general of alabama about districts voting rights act in the state of alabama The NAACP, among others, believe there should be two black districts. There's one black district. But why are there black districts, white districts, green districts, gray districts? Does anybody believe for a second that's what the authors and supporters of that amendment had in mind? For a second? Which cut is it, Mr. Producer? We don't have enough time. When we come back, I will play the audio of her and I will reply to it. But one of the things I notice is she has no respect for the other justices. She, like, takes over the room. She thinks she's lecturing a bunch of college students and makes a political speech. Got to burn the traditions, baby. Got to burn them down. I'll be right back.
1: love, in.
0: Folks, back in the good old days, we Americans argued about which policies to pursue to improve the country we love. Too often today, we find ourselves arguing about whether our country is great or not, about whether we should love America or be ashamed of it. The reason for this is simple. For too many years, too many of our schools have been neglecting to teach young Americans about America's great heritage of liberty, Presenting them instead with dishonest narratives of America as fundamentally unjust and racist. Hillsdale College is weighing in for America by offering free online courses such as The Great American Story, A Land of Hope, and Constitution 101, The Meaning and History of the Constitution. I encourage all of you to enroll in one of these wonderful free courses from Hillsdale. Begin your free Hillsdale College course today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Welcome back. Justice Kentonji Brown Jackson. Yesterday, hat tip Twitter, cut one, go.
2: Um, I don't think we can assume that just because race is taken into account that that necessarily creates an equal protection problem because I understood that we looked at the history and traditions of the Constitution. Let's at stop right
0: there. So that's a shot at the originalists. Look at the history and traditions of the Constitution. Go.
2: I thought about, and when I drilled down to that level of analysis, it became clear to me that the framers themselves adopted Uh, the Equal Protection Clause, the 14th Amendment, the 15th Amendment in a race-conscious way.
0: No, they didn't adopt it in a race-conscious way. They saw the Ku Klux Klan and what it was doing. They saw what some of the governors and some of the governments in the South were doing to the freed slaves. It had to do with the treatment of the former slaves. It wasn't about the treatment of people of any other race. I'm just saying, historically. wasn't about the treatment of other people, immigrants who'd come to the country, legally. It wasn't about the treatment of Jews or Hispanics or Asians or anybody else, race. It was about the treatment of the former slaves related to reconstruction. She will then cite the joint committee on reconstruction. That's exactly what it was. It wasn't the joint committee on race. It was the joint committee on reconstruction. Go ahead.
2: We're in fact trying to ensure that people who had been discriminated against, the freedmen, um, in, during the Reconstruction period, uh, were actually uh, 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 brought equal to everyone else in the society. So I looked at the...
0: I don't know uh, what re- that means. What they wanted to make sure is that they had equality under the law. That's what that meant. And this is an important point, and I'll explain more later. Equality under law, not that they were brought equal to everyone else, which has a much different meaning. I'm not brought equal to everyone else. You're not, whatever that means, brought equal to everybody else. But you have every right under our Constitution to be treated equally under the law, justly under the law, the same right to vote as everybody else. Go ahead
2: that was submitted by the Joint Committee on Reconstruction, which drafted the 14th Amendment. Um, And that report says that the entire point of the amendment was to secure rights of the freed former slaves. The legislator who introduced that amendment said that, quote, unless the Constitution should restrain them, those states will all, I fear, keep up this discrimination and crush to death the hated freedmen. Yeah, the
0: freedmen post-Civil War. Go ahead.
2: Um, That's not a race-neutral or race-blind idea in terms of the It's not about
0: race-neutral or race-blind. It's about the men and women and children who were held as slaves and freed after the Civil War. Go ahead.
2: And even more than that, um, I don't think that the historical record establishes that the founders uh, believed that race neutrality or race blindness was required. Right. They drafted the Civil Rights Act of 1866, which specifically stated that citizens would have the same civil rights as enjoyed by white citizens. That's the point of that.
0: the same civil rights. As enjoyed by white citizens go ahead
2: act to make sure that the other citizens the black citizens would have the same as the white citizens so they recognized that there was unequal treatment that people based on their race were being treated uh, unequally and importantly when there was a concern that the Civil Rights Act wouldn't have a constitutional foundation that's when the. 14th uh, this amendment- is very
0: confounding to me, because the fact is, we all know why the 13th, 14th, 15th amendments were adopted and we know about the civil rights or you may not, but I'll just inform you the Civil Rights Act of 1866 was really intended to enforce uh, those amendments, particularly the 14th amendment. What does that have to do with anything? That's not a justification for affirmative action. It's not a justification for renewed discrimination based on race of somebody else's race or or the government promoting some other race. Now, as far as I know, this is the first justice who's taken the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment and has argued that within that clause itself, within that clause itself, it was founded in it supports and may even compel discrimination this is the first I've heard a circular argument like this it's really quite appalling so there, <laughs> there she is a radical who's now on the supreme court who's going to make Sotomayor look like uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes I'll be right back Ed Whalen over at National Review, responding to Justice Jackson, he says, in her speech, (laughs) Jackson states that the framers of the 14th Amendment adopted in a race-conscious way as they were trying to ensure that people who had been discriminated against, the free men, during reconstructive reconstruction period, were actually brought equal to everybody else in society, as she puts it. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 specifically stated that citizens would have the same civil rights as enjoyed by white citizens. And the 14th Amendment was designed to ensure that the act had a solid constitutional foundation. Somehow, Jackson leaps from these propositions to assertion that the 14th Amendment doesn't embody a race-neutral or race-blind idea in terms of remedy for discrimination against freed slaves. He says, I don't understand her leap by her own account. The very purpose of the Civil Rights Act of 1866 was to, quote, make sure that the other citizens, the black citizens, would have the same civil rights as the white citizens. It was designed to remedy a situation in which people, based on their race, were treated unequally by the states. The 14th Amendment had the same goal, so he's looking at her own language. The proposition that the 14th Amendment requires that the government be colorblind is open to challenge both as to what exactly that means and to whether that meaning is well-founded. But Jackson seems to think that the colorblind position is somehow at odds with the fact that the 14th Amendment was designed to ensure equal treatment. When that, of course, is exactly what advocates of the colorblind position maintain the 14th Amendment requires. Jackson seems to confuse herself with her own terms. Yes, of course the framers can be said to have adopted the 14th Amendment in a race-conscious way, if that means that the central purpose of the 14th Amendment was to ensure that freed slaves received equal treatment in fundamental ways. But it's plain text, the 14th Amendment ensures that states shall not quote abridge the privileges and immunities of citizens irrespective of their race, shall not quote deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law irrespective of the person's race, and shall not deny any person the equal protection of the laws, irrespective of the person's race. But how is this elementary recognition at odds with the colorblind position? In his great dissent in the Plessy versus Ferguson separate but equal case in 1896, the first Justice Harlan celebrates that the post-Civil War amendments removed the race line from our governmental systems, quote-unquote. In his very next sentence, he states that these amendments, quote, had a common purpose, namely to secure to a race recently emancipated, a race that through many generations had been held in slavery, all the civil rights that the white race enjoyed. He, of course, goes on to characterize the amended Constitution as colorblind. On what conceivable basis are we to think that there's any tension? Among Harlan's statements, and so far as Jackson may be arguing the 14th Amendment allows race-conscious remedies, she doesn't touch on the critical questions of what counts as a race-conscious remedy, and when such a remedy is permissible. Some scholars cite the Freeman's Bureau Act as evidence that the Equal Protection Clause does not require colorblindness. But as law professor Michael Rappaport points out in Originalism in the Colorblind Constitution, Even apart from the question whether those acts informed the meeting of the 14th Amendment, they gave benefits to free men and refugees, most of whom were white, not on the basis of race, but on the basis of the oppression and hardship they were enduring. Further, Justices Scalia and Thomas, leading proponents of colorblindness, agree that states can act to provide benefits to blacks or persons of other races and ethnicities, when they have been victims of discrimination, the usual suspects are going gaga over Justice Jackson's remarks. But he's saying they're incomprehensible. Over at Red State, Nicaragua, the left is thrilled with what they heard from Justice Jackson. The case that was getting a lot of attention was in Alabama, a gerrymandering case which they were claiming involved racial discrimination in voting policies. Let's be clear. Unless the Democrats get what they want, and I've told you this before, they insist that the 1964 Voting Rights Act has been abused by the Republicans. And they did that in New York, and they had their lunch handed to them. The redrawn map had one majority black district out of seven, even though black voters account for 27% of the state's voting population. The Court of Appeals ordered them to redraw the map, which likely would have helped the Democrats, but the Supreme Court took the case, which stopped the order until the appeal was heard. Justice Jackson's response was concerning because it tracked right in line with the racial left's equity take, which the Biden-Harris team has embraced. We saw Kamala Harris get in trouble when she said the quiet part out loud, talking about Hurricane Ian excuse me, Hurricane Ian, and giving resources based on equity. Now, Jackson said she didn't think the 14th Amendment guaranteeing equal protection meant that you couldn't take race into account, saying she didn't think it was meant to be race-neutral or race-blind. In other words, it's perfectly cool to consider race to push the particular outcomes that leftists want or to hold on to political power. So, it isn't equal protection as the Constitution intended. It's no longer equality under the law or equality without discrimination, but explicit race based decisions. There's only one thing to call that racist. And it would lead to a complete fracturing of the United States into real balkanization based on race. Everyone has equal voting rights, and no one is trying to prevent that. What Democrats are trying to do is jack districts to their ben- political benefit. That's what this is all about. Calling the progressive originalism, as they do, that's an oxymoron. Jackson also referred to what the framers making the 14th Amendment were talking about. Now that suggests she has no idea what she's talking about. In addition to pushing radical nonsense, since the 14th Amendment was passed in 1868, the framers refers to the writers of the Constitution, the delegates to the Constitutional Convention. It's an indication of how radical she is and how her choice is likely to adversely impact the court. I agree with that completely. The idea that built within the 14th Amendment is racial discrimination. Wow, that's just incredible. As a matter of constitutional interpretation, I want you to think about that. This whole thing about colorblindness was made famous by none other than Martin Luther King Jr. But, but the left is so radical, they don't even embrace him. They don't even embrace him anymore. see, the problem is what she's talking about and others are talking about are outcomes. And not outcomes based on civil rights and humanity. Outcomes based on what, Mr. Producer? Economics. I'll say this now and I'll say it once. They're broadening the interpretation or what it means, civil rights. Civil rights now embraces the American Marxist agenda. Whether you're lopping off your genitalia, you're demanding an addition to your genitalia, whether you are teaching it to kindergartners, Claim you have a right to do it. Whether you're bringing drag queens. In the nursery schools. But apart from the cultural. Economic socialism. If you don't embrace it. You're a bigot. You're a racist. Cultural Marxism. If you don't embrace it. You're racist. You're a bigot. You get my point? I'm not going to elaborate on it further right now. But one day I will. I'm giving this a ton of thought. A ton of research. I'll be right back. Mark
1: Levin.
0: The government is addicted to spending. And that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to Pure Talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone bill. If you're with Verizon 18T or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk text and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com, select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code Levin Podcast, that's L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company, Pure Talk. See, what the Democrats try to do, even this Justice Jackson, they try to tie capitalism to racism and economic socialism to equality. And cultural Marxism, that is American Marxism, to freedom. It's the opposite, of course. And yet that's where Justice Jackson's head is. And the reason it was so profoundly troubling when she wouldn't define what a woman is is because everybody knew she knew what the definition of a woman is. But it's a radical, a hardcore, extreme radical who won't provide you with the definition because she believes that it's a moving target. If you say you're a woman, you're a woman. I guess, which as I pointed out at the time was quite strange coming from the first black woman on the Supreme Court. Woman, right? Not birthing person, would-be birthing person, was a birthing person. If you're sick of all this, and you should be, if you are sick and tired of all this, regardless of your party affiliation. You need to register to vote and we need our November project to be massively successful. Massively successful. Just you, You've got to vote against the crackpots. You really do. No matter what they say, no matter how much money they spend to try and convince you that they are moderates, to try and convince you that their policies are sensible. Disaster. I heard one liberal on cable TV going on and on about how we're producing and oil, everything's just fine, it's a market thing, it's a world thing, and on and on and on. They just lie about who they are and they lie about what they do. Everything you're dealing with now, open borders and illegal immigrants coming into your communities, Massive rise in crime across the board from murder on down These brutal assaults These prosecutors who won't prosecute These activist judges people who Who character assassinate you based on your skin pigmentation? And your children and your grandchildren People who are making daily life so difficult for you, whether it's food or energy and inflation. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrat Party has done this to you. That's why there's going to be a January 6 hearing next week. They're going to try and distract you with their media. They are desperate to get you to focus on abortion, even though they won't tell you what they mean by abortion, which is really in many cases infanticide. It's horrific. I don't know why we still call that abortion. The party of eugenics is the party of abortion. Oh, yeah, you heard me right. The party of eugenics 100 years ago is now the party of abortion today. And I meant to say one other thing. When you study Woodrow Wilson, as I've had the great displeasure of doing this summer... And when you study Franklin Roosevelt, as I've had the great displeasure of doing this summer. And when you study Lyndon Johnson, who I've had the great displeasure of studying this summer, because that's what I do. Some people go golf. Maybe they fly to Italy. This is what I do. Whether it's Wilson, or Roosevelt, or Johnson, they were all personally Racists. Even Johnson, even Robert Caro acknowledges that his greatest biographer, the things he would say, even while pushing civil rights legislation. But all three of them, but let's focus on two in particular Woodrow Wilson the earliest of the Democrat progressives, as they called themselves, and an intellectual in that regard, and Franklin Roosevelt, who Democrat historians consider him their greatest president. Both men would meet with black leaders, black activists at the time. In the case of Wilson, whether it was Turner or Du Bois Or others. FDR, same thing. And they would persuade them that they were concerned about the black community. They would persuade them that they were going to do what they could for the black community. And they were constantly burned. Constantly burned by these Democrats. Whether it was lynching bills. Whether it was reintegrating, in the case of FDR, the military that was desegregated under Wilson. And I could go on and on. That's what they would do, just like Biden does it. Biden goes out and says, you know, Hispanics were here before us, or he claims to be representing the black community and so forth. When you really look at what he's done, he hasn't done anything except raise crime in the black community and raise crime in the Hispanic community and driven up prices for everybody. Hasn't done anything. I'll be right back. The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one switch your cell phone service to pure talk on america's most reliable 5g network you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month take a look at your cell phone bill if you're with verizon 18 tier t-mobile you're getting ripped off i know how much you pay pure talk will give you unlimited talk text and six gigs of data just 30 bucks a month that's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas and pure talk has never raised rates Take action. Go to puretalk.com, select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's Levin Podcast, that's L E V I N Podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast to switch to my company,
1: Pure Talk. The Mike Levin Show. This is the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877 381 3811.
0: Am I the only one getting sick and tired of these uh, slip and fall lawyers with the Camp Lejeune fund out there? that The Congress signs this a multi-billion dollar program um, to provide funds from people who apparently got sick from the water at Camp Lejeune decades past. And there is all the ambulance chases. So they're eight hundred numbers, they're eight seven seven numbers, they're triple eight numbers. Those are our tax dollars, you see, and a lot of those are going to wind up into the pockets of these these slip and fall trial lawyers with their class action suits. But they won't even need class action suits; the money's already there. So why are the lawyers even involved? You wonder sometimes you go into these very wealthy areas where you see these mansions. Often it's these slip and fall lawyers. I mean, I almost would rather hear the erectile dysfunction commercials, Mr. Producer, than the Camp Lejeune uh, attorney commercials. Especially this guy who was a veteran, I forget his name. He was a veteran and now he's a lawyer and he's, don't believe the other lawyers, just believe me. And he's running more commercial than I've ever seen in my life. Millions and millions of dollars. So you know how lucrative this is for the trial lawyers, right? Now, who do the trial lawyers give money to? Not everyone, but most of them. Who do they give the money to? Democrats. That's why you never see them You know, eviscerated by the media, eviscerated by the Democrat Party. They're like the the government school teacher unions. Those two are the biggest donors. Those two groups are the biggest donors to the Democrats. So they want to make sure they are well-fed with your tax dollars. Good job, Republicans. Not. Um... Jean Pierre, Jean Pierre What the hell is her real name? I don't even know. What's her full name? Corinne Jean Pierre Uh whatever. So she's on Air Force One at a press briefing today and I thought somebody asked a pretty good question. Cut sex go
2: one in here. You said yesterday that we're not going to be considering new releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. So what is the White House planning to do to keep gas prices from spiking? So, as you know, we've been working on this for months. Uh, the president has, make, has made has taken historic steps uh, to keep gas prices down. So here's, uh, you know, so, if so gas prices, we haven't, we've seen increase in the West and the Midwest in recent weeks no, because like- of specific refinery issues. We've called on those refiners to operate safely but quickly come back online and we've... we've They're not
0: going to do anything. And now they reverse course an hour later they are tapping into the strategic petroleum reserve um, so they can get their little heroin high. But this is big, 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 big trouble, ladies and gentlemen. It's what it is. I know you've been sitting on the edges of your chair on this. Joe Biden went down to Florida, but there was the governor, America's governor, Ron DeSantis. He was in Fort Myers today. Now there's Fort Myers proper and then Fort Myers Beach. The homes and the community in and around the beach have been utterly destroyed. It's like a nuclear bomb hit them. Bridges are out and everything else. They're trying to get a temporary bridge there. There's a massive mobilization taking place there now. This DeSantis would have been a hell of a four-star general, quite frankly, too. He's a remarkable man. Whether it's the virus, whether it's this this just disastrous hurricane, he's really. I, I just think he's he's fantastic. As I think. And believe Trump is fantastic and would do a fantastic and did a fantastic job. But it's very difficult to be a governor like this and to do these things so well because you come under attack by the. By the government linked Democrat Party media. Anyway, here he is today. DeSantis cut seven go.
3: We were very fortunate to have good coordination uh, with the White House and with FEMA from the very beginning of this. We declared a state of emergency last Friday, September 23rd. This wasn't even this was a disturbance uh, out there by Columbia. And then the next day we got a major disaster declaration approved by the president. Uh, and we really appreciated that. And that basically set off the massive mobilization that we had ready to be able to respond to this storm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, in cut nine. What can you do differently, Mr. Biden, says a reporter? Go
2: local and federal officials need to do oh differently God. to prevent future loss of life?
4: What the governor's done is pretty remarkable you so remember? far. I mean, this is what, what, he's, what he's done. In terms of, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, first of all, the biggest thing the governor's done and so many others have done, they've recognized this thing called global warming. The world is changing.
0: It's changing. See, I, I- I don't know where he gets that from, but that, that is their fallback position. Global warming. Once you recognize, and he does, he's got to get up the speed. It's climate change now. But that's what we have to recognize. And what does that get us? What does that get us? Nothing. Nothing. It just makes people feel self-righteous and important and smarter than everybody else. Well, of course it's global warming, that is climate change. Look at all the damage that's been done. Crazy. It's nature. And nature can grow daffodils, and nature can create crocodiles. Nature can create the most beautiful spring days, and nature can create Hurricane Ian. I don't care what you do. How many laws you pass, these people think they're capable of changing nature, which is why they, they think they can change the climate, and change the binary sexes, and change the nuclear family, and change everything else they get their hands on. It's really quite crazy. DeSantis is asked by uh, Florida's Voice, which is an important Internet news operation down there. What about the media, the national media that keeps harassing you? Cut 12, go.
3: Everyone that I've talked to on the ground when we're delivering supplies, they're saying I was watching the media. They told us Tampa. That's why I didn't leave. I know people personally on the island. Is there going to be any accountability in the media? Well, look. I mean, I think I think part of it, quite frankly, you know, you have national regime media that they wanted to see Tampa because they thought that that'd be worse for Florida. That's how these people think. I mean, they 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 don't care about the people of this state. They don't care about the people of this community. They want to use storms and destruction from storms as a way to advance. Their agenda. And they don't care what destruction's in their wake. They don't care about the lives here. If they can use it to pursue their political agenda, they will do it. And so I think there was a lot of uh, buildup about that. And look, we were obviously concerned about Tampa too, uh, but I think there was so much emphasis on it that I do think people said, you know, even, and then it was supposed to go in as a cat too, actually, in the Tampa. I think people said, well, I'm 125 miles away from here. Maybe I'm better off hunkering down. I absolutely think that impacted decision making.
0: Okay, so everybody was following the meteorologists, the climate experts who did a hell of a job, but they're not perfect. And so even right before the storm, the storm started to shoot south of Tampa. And so if you're a real reporter, what you say to DeSantis is, As good as our experts are, and they're very good, and as good as our technology is, right near, very near the end of this storm, before it hit landfall, it shot south. And it was not a direct hit on Tampa, it was a direct hit on the Fort Myers area and so forth. And so the next rational question is, to Joe Biden or anybody, you keep talking about climate change. How can you predict the climate when you see what Mother Nature did here, she moved south. It's predictable to a point, but it's largely, in many respects, unpredictable. What do you think about that? And so, so many of the same people who can't tell what's going to happen from day to day or moment to moment We believe that they can tell us what's going to happen 50 years from now. It's just so stupid and absurd. And that's why this is a part of the faith of the Democrat Party. This is just one of their many idols. Critical race theory, that's another idol. So they pray to the idol of critical race theory. They pray to the idol of economic socialism. They pray to the idol of climate change. And they do it very publicly. And those of you who actually believe in traditional faith, you can pray, too. Just keep it to yourself. I'll be right back. Mark
1: Levin.
0: The government is addicted to spending, and that reckless spending is driving up costs on everything for your family. It's not right, and it's not fair. But you don't have to be a victim. There are things you can do right now to lower your monthly expenses and mitigate the impact of inflation. Step one, switch your cell phone service to pure talk. On America's most reliable 5G network, you don't have to sacrifice coverage to save a fortune every single month. Take a look at your cell phone, Bill. If you're with Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, you're getting ripped off. I know how much you pay. Pure Talk will give you unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just 30 bucks a month. That's real money that can go to cover groceries or gas. And Pure Talk has never raised rates. Take action. Go to puretalk.com, select the plan that will save you money. Then enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N, podcast, and you'll get 50% off your first month. Go to puretalk.com, a promo code LEVINPODCAST to switch to my company, Pure Talk. Obviously, it was out yesterday for Yom Kippur. I want to thank my buddy Ben Ferguson for being here and went to services today, the Day of Atonement for Jews, and... Uh, Don't tell my wife this, but I'm actually enjoying it more and more. You know, there was a time I wouldn't go, and then there's a time I would go late, and there was a time it depended on, uh, if it was reform or not, you know, one hour, you're over, get the grape juice and a sugar cookie after, and yip-dee-doo. But we've met this very, very cool Chabad rabbi. And it's a movement, the Chabad rabbis. They're everywhere. Everywhere you can think of. Ukraine, even. All parts of the Far East, Africa, the Middle East, the United States. And um, it's Chaim Cohen is his name, and he's just fantastic. He's a young guy, young family. And... uh, he once asked me, he said, what do you want to learn? I said, history. Ancient history. I want to go back and learn history. So I'm going back and I'm learning ancient history. And uh, I remember last time I was in Israel, I I think I was with uh, the vice president's guy, Paul Teller at the time. And uh He's Jewish as well. And we were walking to the Western Wall. I believe it was a rabbi there. He came up to me. came up to us. Apparently I'm recognized there. Couldn't have been nicer. And he had me do tefillin, which I'd never done. I think somebody took a picture of it and it went viral. In any event... I'm not as aggressively uh, religious as some people, let me call it that way, where I understand all the rules and all the laws and the Torah and I abide by them. I just don't. Any more than a Catholic does in their faith, a Protestant does in their faith, or a Muslim does in their faith, or what have you. But since I have moved away from Reform Judaism, which to me is way too left wing political, and to me is not really focused on the purpose of the temple. And as my wife likes to say about liberals in our faith, that their faith is more liberalism than than it is their faith, and I believe that, strongly. I just had enough of that. It doesn't get you anywhere. I don't want to belong to the temple of the Democrat Party, I'm not interested in it. When I take time off to go to a service or to have a meal with people about faith or something, that's what I'm there for. I'm not there to be indoctrinated about lgbtq equity, um, why america's bad, that Israel is an aggressor and the Palestinians are victim. I don't want to hear that crap anymore, and so i don't I don't participate in it, nor will I. I also find. Listen, I I, I teach his own, but I also find uh, Orthodox Judaism, and there's various variations of that too, to be much more, I'll even say this, legitimate in its connection to the Torah, much more legitimate. That's my view. I'll be right back. In this economy, we all need as much help as we can get. If you own a business, you're looking for ways to survive. Innovation refunds can help. Small business owners, please listen up. You can be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Now, this isn't a loan. There's no payback. It's a refund of your taxes. Go to GetRefunds.com. Their tax attorneys are highly trained in this little-known payroll tax refund program and have already returned $1 billion to businesses, and they can help you, too. Go to GetRefunds.com. They do all the work with no charge up front. They simply charge a percentage of the cash that they get for you. Go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, and answer a few questions. It's that simple. Now, this payroll tax refund is only available for a very limited amount of time, so check it out right away. GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. He's
1: here. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello America,
0: Mark Levin here, our number 888. What the hell is 877 381 877 381 Special edition of how Democrats are treated differently. Let's see here. We have Fox News, Stephen Sores. Secret Service claims, ready for this? No records exist of Biden's Delaware visitors now they're all over Trump they want all his records and they want them fast man and I'll get into that a little later because you know it's such a national security threat and the justice department and these judges they're all in agreement but there are no records of the sitting president's visitors no responsive records about the visitors he's had at his home could it be because the visitors coming are neurologists? What do you think, Media Matters? What do you think, media I Hard to tell those two clowns apart. And now Drudge. These are the three stooges of, uh, of the Internet. Drudge, Media Matters, and Mediaite. The U.S. Secret Service insisted that no records exist of who President Biden has met with at his Delaware residences during his presidency. The New York Post reported that it requested the information about who visited the president at his Wilmington and Rehoboth Beach homes as part of a Freedom of Information Act, but had its appeal denied. In a letter dated September 27, Secret Service Deputy Director Ferron Paramore, you heard it, Ferron Paramore wrote, the agency conducted an additional search of relevant program offices for potentially responsive records, This search also produced no responsive records, the letter read. Accordingly, your appeal is denied. We have no records. Denied. The denial is the latest in a series of developments involving Biden's records. You hear that, folks? You hear that, Bill Barr, Andy McCarthy, the whole crowd? Wow. What do you think? In a March 2010 email reviewed by Fox New Digital, the office of then-Vice President Biden, expressed concerns about the University of Delaware's terms for the deed of gift for his Senate papers, quote, due to the political sensitivities, unquote, that could arise from releasing the papers to the public. Wow. (coughs) Excuse me, cholera. The email went on to list some sections that needed to be reviewed, including property ownership, timing of archival processing and public release, opportunity for review prior to release and scope. Biden has defended the decision not to release the Senate papers during his 2020 presidential campaign, saying that the papers could become political fodder. I'll tell you what's in there. I'll bet there's a lot of stuff in there about his racism and segregation, Mr. Producer. A lot of it. In April 2020, Business Insider reported Biden's campaign dispatched operatives to the University of Delaware's library. In the past year, to rifle through his secretive Senate records, there, raising the possibility. They accessed documents related to Tara Reid's accusation that Biden sexually assaulted her when she worked for him in 1993. This can't be true. I didn't hear it on the uh, Schmuck Schmo, Joey, uh, what's his name, Joey Scarborough show. Representative James Comer, Republican Kentucky, told the Post the agency's claims of no records existing are a bunch of malarkey. Americans deserve to know who President Biden is meeting with, especially since we know that he routinely met with Biden's son, Hunter's business associates during his time as vice president. He's been there 200 days. He spent 200 days of his presidency in Delaware. And there's no records of who he visited with. Now, What is the Attorney General going to do about that? What is the U.S. Attorney in Washington, D.C. going to do about it? What is the National Archives going to do about it? When will Bill Barr be on our favorite cable network to pontificate and burp about it? Or the legal analysts, when will they write something about it? Something thorough and compelling behind the subscription wall? Never. Never. Now, obviously, the Secret Service keeps track of who comes and goes. They have to check their backgrounds. So who is it that Joe Biden's been meeting with at his infinite visits to his homes in Wilmington and Rehoboth Beach that he doesn't want us to know about? Let's hope that when the Republicans, if the Republicans take control of the House, we can get to the bottom of that, too. Because we need to know if he violated the Records Production Act. That is, if they were destroyed, those records on his behalf, in addition to the substantive question of who visited him. Nobody. Their names aren't in any system. They haven't been written down. Nobody believes that. That's like over Treasury where they're covering up Hunter's movement of money. Enormous sums of money. They won't give that to Congress either. Imagine that. And look at this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look at this from the Free Beacon. The House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, has seen her net worth increase by 140 million dollars. Since the 2008 financial crisis, thanks in no part to her husband's fortuitous trades in companies she had worked to subsidize, $140 million. Now she's trying to pull up the ladder behind her. In what may be her final months as a member of Congress, writes Andrew Kerr, she's backing a proposal that would prohibit her colleagues from buying or selling individual stocks. Pelosi scoffed at the idea of banning lawmakers from trading individual stocks as recently as December, saying that she and her colleagues should be able to fully participate in the free market economy. Only Trump shouldn't. After rejecting similar proposals, Pelosi's throwing her weight behind legislation that would ban stock trading among members of Congress and other senior government officials. House Democrat leaders introduced the Combating Financial Conflicts of Interest in Government Act, Last Tuesday, but failed to bring the measure to a vote before adjourning for the midterm elections. Pelosi's been dogged by allegations that her husband, DUI expert Paul Pelosi. Trade stocks on inside information gleaned from her position in Congress. In March, Paul Pelosi exercised options to buy up to $5 million worth of Tesla stock as the speaker pushed for electric vehicle subsidies. The Washington Free Beacon reported, that in June, DUI Paul Pelosi exercised call options to buy up to $5 million in the graphics card manufacturer, Nvidia, just weeks before the House considered a bill to provide more than $50 billion in subsidies to domestic semiconductor manufacturers. Pelosi said in November 2020, after being nominated for a fourth term as Speaker, she would relinquish the gavel at the end of 2022, and while she announced in January she would run for re-election in 2022, there's rampant speculation she will depart Congress should Republicans take the House. Even Pelosi's late-stage about-face is not enough to pacify her progressive critics. Representative Abigail Spanberger says the Speaker and the Democratic leadership only put the bill forward because they knew it would fail. Well, that's good, Abby. You're a phony. Everybody knows it, and you only spew your opposition to your party when you're up for re-election. Defeat her. Hello! Defeat her, Virginia. Pelosi's portfolio has performed remarkably well during periods of financial turmoil. Her financial disclosures show her estimate, estimated net worth skyrocketed at the onset of the Great Recessions, going from $31.4 million in 2008 to $101 million in 2010. That's two years, a 220% increase in a window where the S&P 500 decreased by 13%. The speaker also reaped a significant return during the COVID-19 pandemic, seeing her estimated net worth <coughs> jump from $106 million in 2019 to $171.4 million in 2021, an increase of 60%. So now she's put up this bill. To say this bill is weak would be an understatement, says the former director of the Office of Ethics, Walter Schaub. The bill is dangerous. It would undermine what little ethics we have in our federal government. He noted the bill would enable lawmakers to enter into fake blind trusts and so forth. (coughs) Excuse me. Cholera. I must draw the conclusion that Nancy Pelosi is corrupt. I have to draw this conclusion. She has not voluntarily released her tax returns. I didn't ask about financial statements. She and DUI Pauly, they haven't released their tax returns. And somebody just needs to chart out. It's very easy for you, the Federal Bureau of Instigation over there, the American Stasi, it's very easy for you to chart this stuff out. You have the experts to do it. Nancy Pelosi, I believe, is a crook. That's just my belief. I believe the Biden family is crooked. Over $30 million from foreign interests. That's just my belief. Prove me wrong. I'll be right back.
1: love in.
0: Pleasure to have our buddy, Senator Mike Lee of Utah, on the program. Uh, and his site is LeeForSenate.com. Senator Mike Lee, getting strange polling out of Utah. What do we make of this race?
4: Yeah, well, what we make of it is that the local media companies in Utah really, really want to see me defeated. They keep publishing polls suggesting that my opponent is uh, within a couple of points Of me Within the margin of error, they desperately want that to be true. And in a sense, they're trying to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy because my opponent, Evan McMullen, then goes on Act Blue and raises millions of dollars by telling the world, hey, I can beat Mike Lee. Utah's a one TV media market state, relatively inexpensive. These rich uh, Democrats all over the place can dump money into Utah. And have a chance to take me out. And so a little by little, this is becoming a threat. People are starting to believe this. It's giving him free media that he doesn't deserve. It's also giving him a chance to raise more money that he can use attacking me, which is all he does.
0: And the other thing he did and the Democrat Party did, which is uh, an attempt to really uh, deceive the people and the voters in Utah, was he's really backed by the Democrat Party that pulled its support from one of its own uh, potential candidates, swung around and backed uh, this opponent who's running as a as a putative independent when in fact he's a Democrat pretending to be an independent, right?
4: Yes, yes, exactly. He's uh, he's been endorsed by the Democratic Party. He mm-hmm. is their candidate. I mean, they they just. He convinced them, don't run your Democrat candidates. They had some that had lined up. They kicked them off the ballot. They said, no, our candidates can be Evan McMullin. He convinced them to endorse him. And then he wants to pretend that he's not and uh, he is in fact an independent, not a Democrat, but he is their candidate and he's raised money off of them. He voted for Joe Biden. He campaigned for Joe Biden. He's praised everything Joe Biden's ever done that he discusses and criticized Republicans relentlessly. So look, um, you uh, quack like a duck and you walk like a duck and swim like a duck, you're a duck. This guy's a duck. He's
0: mm-hmm. more than that, but I won't say it on the air. Let me ask you this. Uh, he's actually taken very radical positions, hasn't he?
4: Yes. Taken on all sorts of positions that the Democratic Party, of course, loves. In fact, he sent out a mailer as he was actively courting the Democratic Party's endorsement, which he received. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, a few years ago, he was an avid opponent of uh, Obamacare. Now he's a big fan of Obamacare. He sent out a flyer saying that we should protect the Affordable Care Act. He's a big supporter of the Equal Rights Amendment, a uh, big supporter of what he describes as voting rights legislation in Congress. We know what that means. You know that, what that means. He means H.R. one, S1. And you know what that is? That's the bill nationalizing control over elections. Which not only is an insult to the Constitution, which preserves that authority in the states, but it would prohibit the states from adopting voter security, voter integrity measures, things like, for example, voter I.D. So this is some radical stuff that he's embracing. Don't tell me he's not a Democrat. He is.
0: Now, almost every Republican senator has endorsed you. Is that correct?
4: Uh, Almost everyone. That is correct.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, there's this one exception. Uh, But you're 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 backed by conservatives uh, like Ted Cruz, obviously, he's a good friend of yours. Libertarian conservative like Rand Paul and, and everybody. You you get along with most of these senators, even though you strongly disagree with some of them. Uh, on the on the issues and so forth and so on, um, the Republican Party in Utah. I mean, you have a governor who's kind of center center left. You've got Romney. You're sort of Mister Conservative in Utah. That's the way I would view you, and that's a good thing. You're Mister Constitution in Utah. And is your message getting across? Do you have enough funds, enough support to get that message across?
4: But well, the message isn't getting across because Utah media, as as uh, as red as the state of Utah is, as Republican as we vote here and, and we do, our media in Utah is uniformly 100 percent left. They are this guy's uh, the communications operation. So it's not getting across. And we, we we we've raised some funds, but we need more to combat this. And so that's why I'd contribute I'd, I'd encourage your, your listeners, any, any of them willing to contribute, to visit my website at leadforsenate.com. If you go to leadforsenate.com, you can help me win this. If you can donate 5 or $10, we'd be very grateful. If you can donate more, even better, uh, because we need all the help we can get. Look, it's never been more important than it is right now, Mark, uh, for the U.S. Senate to be in the hands of a Republican majority. I really think we're going to do it. I think if we are... Uh, we've got it within our grasp. It would be a shame if we missed out on that because Utah, Red Utah, got duped into voting for somebody who the Utah media is trying to uh, convince people is not a Democrat when, in fact, uh, he has all the trappings of the Democratic Party.
0: So this is a guy who came out of co- uh, out of a staff position in Congress. He was a never-Trumper. He, uh, he wanted to, or I guess he did for a period, run for president of the United States. So it shows you how out of his mind and insane he is, in my humble opinion. He was backed by all the usual never Trumpers. He was backed by uh, uh, all those who kind of voted for Biden and so forth. And now he's made a full turn to the hard left, to the Democrats, in, in the middle of what I would argue is the most radical Democrat party in modern American history.
4: That's right. That's right. And, and it's especially noteworthy when you, you take into account what he did, what he said when he was running for president in 2016. He fooled a lot of people, a lot of good conservatives into supporting him because he ran to the right of Donald Trump. He said, Donald Trump is not sufficiently pro-life. I will be more aggressive in putting judges on the courts that will overturn Roe versus Wade. Do you know what he did?
0: Well, hold on, hold on, Mike. Can you hold on? can you hold on? Can you hold on and finish your ahead. thought? We'll bring you back right after the break. It's Mike Lee, ladies and gentlemen. And he needs our help at LeeforSenate.com. leeforsenate.com dot com if you can. I hope you'll provide him with some support. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. Welcome back, America. We're here with Senator Mike Lee. He may be in a tougher race than we know in Utah, because the polls are kind of weird there. So, Senator Lee, finish your story, if you would.
4: Yeah. So when he ran for president back in 2016, he was very specific. He, he, he issued a tweet saying, why can't uh, Donald Trump actually say the words, I want to... Roe versus Wade overturned? And then he he claimed to be the only pro-life candidate in the race. And he also said, I I would pursue court appointments that would overturn Roe versus Wade. Then, just a few months ago, in this race, he does a complete 180. And he goes on MSNBC. And in the throes of democratic emotion and progressive uh, effervescence, he goes on MSNBC. And he says that overturning Roe is, quote, not the way for the country to move forward on this issue. He then later went on to dismiss as extreme Utah's law, Utah's so-called trigger law, the law that kicked in after Roe was overturned with Dobbs. Called it extreme, extreme, because we want to protect babies. So look, this this is a phony. This guy's scribbling, uh, scribbling a, a few illegible lines on a canvas and trying to sell it as a Picasso. He's not a Picasso. He's not an independent. This guy's a progressive. He's a liberal. And he's fooling a lot of people, and it scares me.
0: And he would throw in with the Democrats, which would mean double-digit inflation, massive increases in, uh, in fuel because they've gone absolutely insane when it comes to fossil fuels. He would throw in with the Democrats on open borders. He would throw in with the Democrats on driving up the cost of fertilizer, driving up the cost of food, driving up the cost of shipping the food with diesel trucks, getting them from one place to another. I mean, this is the disaster we have. We have crime, crime that's going through the roof. And this guy's attacking you, not just from the left, but now from the hard left. Is there an appetite for this in the state of Utah?
4: No, there isn't. But this is this is, again, the difficult part, Mark. Uh, The Utah media is so in the tank with this guy. They refuse to ask him any questions about any policy. They let him get away with it. They just write puff pieces about him. They write pop pieces about him and they reiterate his baseless attacks on me, uh, which he undertakes constantly. They never call him out for how uncivil and untrue his statements are. They just puff him up every time he gets the chance. Now, I'm going to have a chance to debate him in about 10 days. And uh, I look forward to that because it may be the first time a lot of Utahns actually get to hear what he stands for. Even then, I'm not sure he'll be able to do it. Uh, uh, All he can do is uh, go off on a tirade about how much he hates me. But little by little, people need to come to know the substance of this guy. Number one, the substance isn't there. Number two, while he claims that he won't caucus with anyone, perhaps, we know he will not caucus with Republicans. We know it's not possible to not caucus with anyone. And the guy who was backed by the Democratic Party, he will caucus with the Democrats. We all know that. And he will be uh-huh. Chuck Schumer's 51st vote. He will be Joe Biden's guy in the Senate. We can't let that happen. So that's, again, why any of your, uh, any of your listeners who, uh, who are concerned about this, as I am, who would like to make sure that this guy doesn't continue to get unmitigated free press without ever having to answer for anything, go to my website at LeeForSenate.com. At leaforsenate.com you can contribute to this fight and help me win and continue to fight for constitutional conservatism, especially federalism and separation of powers
0: all right my friend uh let's get it up there on all of our platforms mr producer it's uh lee for senate.com lee for senate.com and let's do everything we can to help our buddy mike lee he's mr constitution he really is all right mike keep us informed all right big guy
4: will do thanks so much mark i really really appreciate you are indeed the great one
0: well we really appreciate you mike god bless you buddy You know, there's few politicians that I'm really friends with. Mike Lee is one of them. And my wife's friends with him and his wife. These are fantastic down-to-earth people. There's others, too. Don't get me wrong, a handful. Um, President Trump, Governor DeSantis, I'd say Senator Cruz. There are others out there. I can't remember everybody. I apologize for those I forget. But uh, Lee is Mike Lee is the real deal, folks. He really is fantastic. So it's very, very important that we shore up that seat. Simply, no question about that. Dialing into the call screen here. I should have it any minute. I think. Um, in the me- uh, there we go. Hold on one second, folks. Live and national. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm trying. What's going on here? I almost spelled it out loud, my code, Mr. Producer. Here it is. Holy mackerel. All right, let's get going. Let's go to Michael in Fayettesville. Uh, XM Satellite, how are you?
5: Great one. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. You... Uh you really caught my interest earlier when you had mentioned how you had been studying Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson and FDR. Yeah. And when I looked back at FDR, I noticed how when I, when I compare that to uh, civil rights uh, post-civil war, uh, African Americans, uh, Serving in the country, gaining their freedom. When I looked at the history of uh, black congresspeople elected to the House of Representatives,
1: Mm -hmm.
5: it starts in 1870 Mm
1: -hmm.
5: when the first one was elected. Republican. And there were 21 of them elected up through 1929. Mm -hmm. And every single one of them ran as Republican hmm. Then FDR comes into office. Right. Then. As it turns on a dime and ever since then. Now,
0: what ha- what happens is <clears throat> in 1932, actually, more Republicans voted for Herbert Hoover, excuse me, more blacks voted for Herbert Hoover than FDR. And then in 1936, it changes. FDR has pretty good propaganda operation himself among the best and They put in place a number of these uh, big massive socialist programs some of which are thrown out as unconstitutional Several of which blacks are not allowed to participate some of which blacks can't participate and um, You also had a number of black leaders at the time who were backing Roosevelt and the Democrat Party too as the old-timers had died off or moved on who had, an, who had sort of a generational tie to the Republican Party, most of these newer leaders did not. And so that's, that's in a nutshell, it's not, not the complete history in what happened. All right, Michael, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Let's go to Todd Owingsburg, Indiana. How are you, sir?
4: Good evening, and uh, thanks for everything you do. Thank you. Um, one thing I want, wanted to say was, That you know, it just seems like you know you watch everything, and and I'm a little bit younger than you, and you know I went through the Obama years, and and I saw the country go downhill, and then you know Mm -hmm. we get Trump, and everybody says, hey, everything's going to get better, and it does, but I think all it did was it slowed down the decline, and -hmm. then now we're sitting in the Biden years, two years in, and we've got the inflation going on, and gas prices, and the instability on the border. And it just seems like we're on the losing team and, you know, we we're, we're losing in the big media. We're losing in the corporations. We're losing, you know, our, our a lot of our congressmen, you know, they won't do anything. Um, you know, we, we well, let, me, let, me,
0: let me let me let me just say this. A lot of our congressmen can't do anything. If you're in a minority in the House, you can't do a damn thing. In the Senate, you can do more than we're doing, and we have a problem in Mitch McConnell. So that is an institutional problem. There's no question about it. As for these other areas of public life, well, you're exactly right. They've taken them over from us, the media and these other places. So uh, we know that. We've got to fight it. That's all we can do. We can't roll up into a a fetal position, but we've got to get smart about it and how we fight it Um, and... Look, it may not be that the Republican Party is the best vessel in the long term. It is right now. It's the only vessel we've got. Uh, but you'll notice uh, we barely push back and we're racists and we're white supremacists and uh, we're misogynists and we're xenophobic. And uh, they have the media and you, you heard Mike Lee's running for reelection. They just keep pounding the hell out of him because they want the Democrats to win and then you see how they're attacking Herschel Walker, but his opponent has uh, allegations from his ex-wife of spousal abuse uh, and not paying the uh, the funds to raise his kids and and you're getting this from people who uh, suddenly are very concerned about morals. You know, uh, Joe Scarborough is no choir boy. Uh, Mika Brzezinski is no choir girl. And I could go on and on. Thank you for your call, my friend. We'll be right back.
1: Mart Luben
0: Here's uh, let's do 14 Whoopi Goldberg on the view about Herschel Walker she and the other yentis cut 14 go
2: we I know can't that believe that's, that's the best the Republicans have to well, offer. It, but it's not the best though. they have
0: to offer, but it's all they're giving. And that should tell you something. They didn't even try to find somebody who was at least had the idea of how to take care of the people in Georgia. They just said, oh, get somebody black in there. Get, who, who do you
1: know? Oh, yeah. Get him. See, there, yeah. This
0: is if I said that about Warnock, who is running about the Democrats said, just say somebody black in there. There'd be petitions to get me off the radio. Herschel Walker is a terrific candidate. I know what his son said. We can't sort these things out with these October surprises. Why do they sit on it till October? They always do it in October, don't they? And so what are we supposed to do? I'm going to vote for the Democrat who has allegations from his ex-wife that he ran over her foot purposely and didn't take care of his kids, and had a bad temper, and there may have been other violence. Oh, okay. Do the Democrats walk away from Warnock? Tell me, did they walk away from Ted Kennedy after Chappaquiddick? No. Why? Did they walk away from from Biden after he was accused of molesting a staffer? No. And then she brings up her racist crap, Whoopi Goldberg. They picked him because he's, uh, what did she say? African American. And then this Hostin is the biggest bigot of them all, in my view. I feel that's incredibly insulting to African American. Ah, shut up, you idiot, you phony, and you fraud. And speaking of which, Joe Scarborough. Here he is today. The whitest of the white guys. Cut 13, go.
4: And from a distance, he seems to be, and I'm being very polite here, he seems to be a deeply disturbed man. Incapable as some some
0: of his friends. Uh, ah, from- shut up, you a-hole. You're a complete loser. A complete schmuck. That's the uh, Mika... Mika with that fantastic uh, ex, uh, uh, late father of hers. I believe uh believe he was very fluent in German, if you get my drift, Mr. Producer. Uh, he uh, and this guy talks like he's got an issue, this, this Scarborough. And uh the, he's got uh, you know incapable of returning to small town Georgia, let alone being a US uh you know a US senator. Well, we all can't be like Joe Biden who grew up in a Puerto Rican community. I mean, a black community. I mean, a white working class community. We all can't be like Joe Biden, now can we, schmuck? I mean, Joe. Everybody's not who they uh, seem to want to portray, are they, Joe? Joe's a choir boy, don't you know? Ladies and gentlemen, just keep plowing ahead. Do what you need to do. Do not let the media get in front of you. This is what they do. They're not going to take down Warnock. They're going to try and take down Walker. Especially because he's black. Listen to this idiot, Whoopi Goldberg. And Houston. Sonny. That's not her name. And Whoopi. That's not her name. Danger to democracy. All of us. We're a danger to democracy. But we're not a democracy to begin with. But this is the uh, Democrat Party media. It really sucks. Let's go quickly. Let's go to Denise. Call her one. Go. Denise, are you there? Hello. Was it something I ate? Was it something I said? Uh, We don't have time for anybody else. I will be here tomorrow. I look forward to seeing you then. If you missed this show or if it was preempted, you can always catch us on the podcast. And tomorrow, Mr. Producer, I want you to give me more podcast information. Oh, you did? Well, I'll give it out again tomorrow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow. We salute all the heroes out there. God bless you and all the folks in Florida and up the coast. As a result of the hurricane, we pray for you.